Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Also, on uh, last year, uh, some circumstances brought uh, into our church family, brother and sister uh, Wayne Williams, and we're not strangers. We have known them for 20 years or more and um, have always appreciated their spirit and their, and, uh, their friendship. And, um, but they had some circumstances that brought them to, the, to our church last year. And August the 9th of last year was their very first Wednesday night. And uh, I wanna say that they just hit the ground running and uh, they just have been a part of our life and our church family in so many ways it feels like they've been here forever. And uh, I'm, I appreciate them and I want them to know that. And, when they came, they asked for there to be no ado about that. As a matter of fact, I meant to say that Braxton was asking the same thing. So that's a little bit of a quandary to be in because we weren't able to say goodbye to Braxton, but, but trying to honor their request, and we weren't able to say hello to the Williams trying to honor their request. So, <laughs> so, so we're waving from a distance and we're hugging from a distance, but anyway... Trying to, it's fun to be me most days, but anyway, but uh, we certainly appreciate them. I have asked Brother Williams to minister tonight, and uh, in our in our in, in this service, and I want him to know that he is among friends, and I think to know them is to love them, and uh, they have been an avid supporter and faithful to our church, and from day one, they have been every Sunday in our Madison daughter work just such a faithful pillar for that. And uh, we appreciate that as well as other things. He's been teaching in, our, uh, in, in one of our jail services there. And we just appreciate, we appreciate them both. And uh, they can pray in the altar or they can mop the floor. And they both have the same countenance when they're doing that. And we appreciate them. And so I'm just gonna ask you to do me a favor. Let's just make the gap real short tonight, amen? And I just want you to welcome Brother Williams to the pulpit and let's just have church and let's hear what God has to say. Brother Williams. Praise the Lord, everyone. You can be seated. Told Brother Boyd if I pass out, just roll me over and him take over. He said, leave your iPad on. So I truly do want to say I'm so honored and humbled to be here. I remember as a young boy coming to Hatch Bend. Um, I remember Sister Lena. I, I remember her coming when we'd come over here. Um, I remember Sister Goodson. She had a son named Brother Mark. I remember them. I just remember... Um, such loving, kind people. Sharon, I've often thought about what it would have been like to, to church over here with you folks way back when we got started back in 94. Um, I remember we was going to to the Pentecostals and our pastor laughed chiefly and they asked me would we come and help out and I said sure, we'll do that because we'd spent 
uh, probably over 20 years there. And, uh, but anyway, long story short, um, scared to death, but anyway. Um, long story short, um, I called a, a pastor over there, and an assistant pastor, and they both said, look, man, we'd really like to help you, but you need to call Brother Boyd. <laughs> I said, I said, you mean Brother Boyd at Hatchby? And they said, yeah, you call Brother Boyd. He'll help you through y'all's situation over in Chiefland. And, I, and I'm just, you know, I'm a graduate from Chieflands. I'm not very smart. But I thought, you know, my pastor ought to be here, Brother Wayne, to help me out. But they said, go to Brother Boyd. And, and you know, Brother Jerry, I'm so thankful that they directed us to Brother Boyd. I don't know how many of y'all know this. But you know, Brother Boyd came and helped us every Sunday night for a solid six months. Brother Darrell, he was there faithful. Um, there was a time or two that he, he drug in kind of late, made me lose a few prodigals, and, and really kind of up, kind of got me a little tight. But boy, when I seen that car coming, I said, oh, there's Brother Boyd. Everything was good. And for that, Brother Boyd, I'll ever be indebted to you that you come and helped us out. And I've known Brother Boyd when our children, uh, we didn't belong to the UPC. When our children was home, Brother Boyd would let the girls go to church with y'all and go to the camp meeting Sister Donna. And for that, I'm ever in. And I, some of our folks that left Hatch, I mean, had left Chiefland and come to Hatchby and come back and said, you folks would not believe, Brother Tom, how great it is at Hatchby. And I don't mind to tell you, Brother Mike, I thought they were stretching it just a little bit. But we've been here six months. And I tell you, Sister Rayler, whether you come on a Sunday morning or you come Wednesday night, you feel the Spirit of God. I must say, when we go to Madison, Mother Everett and Sister Crick is doing a wonderful job in Madison, and we just feel the Spirit of God there. Um, and I just appreciate that. I want y'all to know that. I was sitting back there a few Sundays ago uh, when Brother Bobby was uh, speaking, and, and he was talking about God's a healer and how God's a deliverer, and I was sitting between Brother Mike and... and um, Brother Ben and God dropped this this scripture into my mind, and I just want to talk to you for just a few minutes. Um, it really don't go along, um, Brother Hal, with with what you would think that an apostolical or Pentecostal would say. But if you'll stay with me just a little while, I think we'll be all right. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter ten, verse one through three, and we're going to skip down and read some more. And after these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also and sent them two and two before his face and into every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as labors among wolves. And skipping down to verse 17 through 20. And it said, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you, give unto you power to tread upon serpents, scorpions, over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But he said, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. The church said, Rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Brother Rayleigh, would you pray, please?
And the church said amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. You can be seated. I thought about how that if me and Brother Jerry had went to jail together and, and we'd prayed for some folks, you know, Brother Rayleigh, and God had delivered them and some demons would have come out. And, and I can see how these folks could be all excited about how that just by praying for them, Brother Bobby, the spirits were subject to that name. Yes. But Jesus said, look, you got to understand. That's a great thing. So that's a great thing, but it don't beat your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Can I tell you, Brother Boyd, if we was to cast out devils, and if we was to God work through us and we was able to heal, Sister Boyd, but if we missed heaven, we'd be missed it all. Because see what he'd done on the cross, Sister Rayleigh, if, if we didn't make it to heaven, for us it would have done no good. And I thought about how powerful, you know, Brother Mike, it is that, that we all want to do the big thing. We all want to do the big things. We all want to preach to the thousands and we all want to have a healing ministry or a deliveries ministry. But can I tell you, Brother Dave, getting your name in the Lamb's Book of Life is the most important. If I'm telling you, Brother Danny, if we don't make it to heaven, we've missed it all. You know, I just, I thought about how that in Mark 16, 15 through 20, it said, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, and he was received up into heaven. He said on the right hand of God. But this is the best part. It said, and they went forth and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the words with signs of following, amen. I often think about where would I be? Sister Jim, without, as a young boy going to the church there in Chiefland and having a man of God to preach me the word of God. Can I tell you, Sister Jim, the word of God can change your life. You know, the word can reach in there and just take things out of your life that don't need to be there, Brother Brian. Only the word of God can do that. Sister Summer, only God can speak to the storms in our life and they'll just settle down. It's excited about as that can be. It don't beat having your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because I'm telling you, church, we're going to spend eternity, Sister Edith, somewhere. We either gonna be with God and worship Him and praising Him in the presence of the angels, or we'll just be at the other place. We'll just say the other place. But we're going somewhere, and and I want to read in First Corinthians. We're going somewhere in just a minute. Let me back up just a minute. I, I don't want you to un, to, to misinterpretate that I believe that God is a healer. Okay, I got a couple of things in my pocket. I won't bring them out, but I don't want nobody, Brother Justin, to get, to get sick. But, but, <laughs> this is something I'm trying to control myself. But what I wanted you to know is, is I had a wisdom tooth on the right, on the left side that, that it never hurt, Brother Boyd, but it was there and it got loose. And, I, and, I, and please don't take this wrong. You know, I said, Sister Chelsea, I, I, not that we couldn't, by the grace of God, afford a dentist, I just didn't want to go to the dentist. Never been to one, didn't want to go. Amen. So anyway, sister, either over a period of time, I just worked that thing with my tongue and that thing fell out of my mouth in church on a Sunday morning. That wisdom tooth just come right on out, Brother Rayleigh. I said, thank you, Jesus. 
Huh? Now, I know y'all don't know me very well, and I'm trying to control myself because the pastor's right there, and Sharon's sitting right there. So he's to control me. He's to tell me when to shut up, and it was over with. But anyway, but Sister Patty, what I'm trying to tell you is, is a year and a half later, maybe two years, we was, we was at the Pentecostals in Gainesville. It was after service, and we was headed off to, uh, to on vacation. I was playing with the tooth, the wisdom tooth on the other side. I said, now God, if you healed, if you pulled that tooth, you can pull this other tooth. Now look, I'm going to be honest. Can I be honest? I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't graduate at the bottom of my class, but where I was standing, I could see the bottom of where I was at. But you know, I just figured God said faith without works is dead. So see, Sister Betty, I just said, we're going to put God, we're just going to step out by faith, step out there and just see if God will do what his word says he'll do. I'm sorry, brother boy, I'm trying to control myself. But what I'm trying to tell you is we right, we got hung up in traffic, brother Daryl. It's a true story. Y'all can ask Sharon. She'll tell you the truth. But, but we got hung up in traffic. We were sitting in traffic, and I, uh, I said, honey, look at this. And other two, brother, Sister Jen, God pulled my other wisdom too. I kid y'all not. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that's all great. And I'm so thankful that God done that. But I'm so thankful that he died on that cross for my sins. I'm so thankful that he said that he went away to prepare a place for me. But not only me, all those that love his glorious appearing. Can I tell you, when, you, when we look at this second, in 1 Corinthians 1 through 18, it says, for the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. See, people don't understand, Sister Melinda, why we like to come to church. See, I, I, I just, I'll tell y'all, when we first got here, you know me first, I don't know how many of y'all been to a new church, but, but Mike, you just don't sit in anybody's seat because some people get upset. You know what I'm saying? Or so we got to be real careful. This is only our second church that we went to, you know, we started, uh, they started uh, Mount Zion and we started there. But anyway, we went to Brother uh, Arnold's church and it was like, that's a huge church. You know, coming from 40 people and you walk in that church, I thought, we might need to go. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm trying to tell you, we come in, well, you just got to be careful. You know, um, Sister Susan, whose seat you sit in? You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'll, I'll make this real quick. I'm trying to hurry. But, but I seen these two Brother Jerry's up here worshiping. Now, see, we didn't have men that worshiped in Chiefland. The women did the worshiping. Us men, we were so cool. We just sat in the back and let them do Man. When we got the games where the men went up front and they did the worshiping. When we come to Hatch Bend, the men done the worshiping up here, Brother Jack. And I said, them two brothers right there, I got to get up with them folks. Because, Brother Boyd, I want to be where the presence of God is. Now, I like the fact, and I like to have testimonies. I could, we could stay here all night, Brother Mike, but we won't. I could tell you about the things that I've seen God do in these short 22 years that we've served God. I could tell you that. But it don't beat the fact that you feel the Spirit of God moving. Because he, he, in my little chief education, Sister Boyd, I believe that's what heaven's going to be like. I believe that the power of God, that we'll just feel that all the time. And I don't know about y'all, but man, I like to feel the power of God moving. I like it when, he, you know, Sister Jane, had told me, said she started church here, I think you said at 13, 14. But she said the thing that got her, she felt the power of God. Can I tell you, Sister Donna, that's what got me was the power of God. So I can't wait. I, you know, uh, and I've tried to do a little bit of study and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but what I'm trying to say is this. 
Some people just want to go to church because they're afraid the pastor's going to call them, Brother Brian. Or they're afraid their neighbor's going to say, what's going on, where you been, all that. Sister Summer, I just want an opportunity to come to church. I just want to go and hear the word of God. The preacher can't preach it too hard. He can't preach hell too hot. But Chris, I want it. Do you understand? I, I want to make it to heaven. I want God to work through me, Brother Dave, and I want God to cast out devils, and I want God to let me lay my hands and through me. God, I got that. But Chris, I want some of that. But I really want to make it to heaven. Because this is a real deal, church. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. He said, rejoice not that the devils are subject to you, but rather, Brother Danny, that your name is written in the Lamb's book. Of life. See, here's a crazy, I don't know, because see, a lot of people say, you people church too much. I don't think we church enough, Brother Wayne. You know what I'm saying? Because if the word of God don't move you, church, we need to check ourselves. Because you know the crazy, I'm just going to drift just a little bit here, Brother Boy, just a little bit. You know, Brother Hal, the, the crazy thing is we can get excited about ball games and we can get excited about this and we can get excited about that. But Brother Darrell, we come to church, we just want to sit still. How can you not get excited when the Spirit of God is moving? Can I tell you, there ain't nothing beat the power of God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Brother Kevin, as crazy as it sounds, only God could pull a wisdom tooth without ever going to the dentist. Huh? And I'm like, oh, I'm like that Elisha guy. I just got me a double portion. I got me two of those things. Huh? Huh? You come too late, Sister Melinda, tell me God ain't a healer. But God's a need maker. God, God, he, you know, when, when Moses said, uh, uh, God, who'd I tell Pharaoh who sent me? He just said, tell him the I am. Can I tell you tonight that he's the I am to all your problems? Whatever you have need. See, that's what the cross is to us. See, to people that don't understand God and don't appreciate God and don't understand the greatness of God, they don't understand why we get excited when we come to church. Amen? But I'd, I'd, get, upside, I'd get excited if we come to church and we didn't get excited. I'd have to go somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, look, I... I Cover your ears, Pastor. You know, I spent some time over there, them gators over in Gainesville and hugged necks with people. I didn't even know high-fived with people that stunk and all that kind of stuff for three and a half hours. Huh? And they ain't never done nothing. Steve Spurry ain't never called me and checked on me. <laughs> but when I needed a place to go, I need somebody to talk to, I need somebody to help me with my... God's always there, Sister Melinda. God is always there, Sister Edith. He said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. What a, he said that he went away to prepare a place for me. Brother Danny, I didn't die on that cross. He died on, he paid, the, he, the Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If, if you had to be six foot two, blonde hair and blue eyed, I'd be in deep trouble. Amen? But I don't have to be. I just have to come humble before God. If I want to be used of God, Brother Brian, I just got to submit myself to God. You know, the cra I'm just going to jump off the track here just a minute, Brother Farrell, just a minute. I've often quoted this scripture, resist the devil and he'll flee. But until I came here and Brother Boyd was teaching out of the book of James, I never quoted that first part, Brother Boyd. Commit, is that, no, submit 
submit yourself to God. And then you can resist the devil and then he'll flee. But first, as what Brother Boyd just said, first we must submit. See, the people that don't understand the cross, they don't understand about the submitting. But when you understand, Sister Amy, that he paid the ultimate price. While I was lost and undone and needed, he didn't need a Savior, I needed a Savior. Brother Ever, he paid the ultimate price. I think the Bible says scarcely for a righteous man was him, some even dare. But he said, while we was yet sinners, Christ died for us. Think about that, church. The Bible says that the in Luke 15 and 10, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead of myself. Just give me a second. Luke 15 and 7 says, I say unto thee that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. Luke 15 and 10 says, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, Brother Boy, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've searched the scriptures. I don't see anywhere, Sister Felicia, anywhere that the angels rejoiced over blind Bartimaeus getting healed, Peter walking on the water, the lame man. I don't read anywhere the angels, but they did get excited because somebody made the decision to go forward and get their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, you know if, you know if me and Brother Rayleigh stopped by the side of the road and, and prayed for somebody and God raised them up, we'd just be so excited we'd be giving high fives. The angels ain't too impressed with that. The Bible says that the angels rejoice when a sinner comes forward. Amen? And guess their name. So nothing beats that, Sister Betty. You know, the great thing is, and I'm getting way off track, please forgive me, but the great thing is money can't buy this. I love to go shop, shopping in my favorite place is Clarence. I look for Clarence every store I go. He's my buddy. I like him. Huh? He talks my language. Cheap. Huh? Because, see, if this cost me something, I wouldn't be able to buy it. See, Sister Donna, but it ain't about money. There was a man in the Bible that seen Peter put his hands on people and they received the Holy Ghost. And he said, man, I want some of that. Can I buy that? The man of God said, you, your heart's in the gall of bitterness. And he said, your money perish. Brother Danny, I'm so glad it didn't take money to buy this. I'm glad some old country boy like me could just ask God into his heart. Sister Melinda, God would come in and change an old stony hard heart, make it flesh, save my marriage, save my children. Only God could do that. I didn't need I needed a 12-week program, but I didn't have to have that because I got Jesus. You can't buy this, church. Aren't you glad? It's for whomsoever. What does that scripture in John 3, 16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whomsoever. Is that right? Pretty close? That whomsoever is us. It's not a hard thing. You just got to submit yourself to God. You got to set yourself aside. Got to take up your cross. You got to follow him, Brother Jerry. Because the angels rejoice over one sinner. Sister Boy, that's just so hard for me to wrap my mind around. The angels care about me and you, church. 
tell you this real quickly. I want to tell you this real quick story, and I'm moving on. Those, those years that we spent in Chiefland, by the grace of God, God was very kind to us, and folks had started coming. And Brother Howe, we, we, uh, some friends that used to come when Brother Huggins was there. And, but anyway, um, by the grace of God, we are preaching. Those, those guys, big burly guys, and, you know, guys, we're just too tough. You know what I'm saying, Brother Jerry? You know, you just just submit yourself to God and let God work in your life. Because you can't buy this at Walmart. It ain't on the reduced aisle, Sister Summer. It's so great to be a servant of God. But anyway, you see these guys just crying, Brother Darrell. God just knocking on their hearts. One big old burly guy, Brother Jerry had a towel. He's just wiping his eyes, wiping his eyes. Sister Jim, we had an altar call. He just sat there, wiped his eyes. Church, we're not promised that tomorrow. The Bible says our life's like a vapor. It's just here for a little while, and it's gone. I don't know, Brother Boy, that might have been his window of opportunity. Don't miss your window of opportunity. And I know probably everybody in here saved, and I appreciate that, and I'm thankful for that. But maybe you're like Brother Wayne. I just want to go a little higher. I just want to push a little harder, reach a little further. I want to stretch a little harder. Because ain't nobody ever done me like Jesus has ever done me. Only Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, this, this scripture just really excites me. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, or adulterers, or effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, or covetous, or drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Well, if he stopped right there, Brother Josh, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? But God, don't stop it right there. So Jesus, could you just roll me up one more time? Church, help me out here. What does this say? It says, and such were some of but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified, not in your name, but in the name of the Lord Jesus in the spirit of our God. Amen. Which were some of you? Which were some of me? Huh? Brother Arnold always said, said, you know, he said, if you knew who was sitting by you, ladies, you'd keep your purse shut. Huh? You wouldn't leave your children on the same pew with that man or that woman. But see, Brother Rayleigh, when God gets into your life, God can change that. Which were some of you? Aren't you glad you've been, you've been washed and you've been sanctified and you've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of our God? Which were some of you? Sister Debbie, that just excites me. Because you don't have to be a perfect person to come to Jesus. Brother Peyton, you just got to have a willing heart. Rejoice not. Now that sounds crazy. Because I like to rejoice. I like to, man, I see Brother Junior bouncing up like the, the little bunny, man. That just fires me up. Brother Jerry up here doing this, man, that just drives me. I, I just got to take a commercial break real quick. You know, we had Friends Day or whatever it was right over here. This man come up in his cowboy outfit. And I said, man, who is that cowboy coming up in here? You know what I'm saying? Well, it was Brother Jerry. 
I said, I didn't know cowboys worship Jesus like that man does, but I, hey, I like that thing, man. Because what I'm trying to tell you is, church, God's too good to sit down and do nothing. It's like anything, brother Mike. You get what you put into it. See, I remember, if you, if, if you could go with me sometime and I could show you some of the things that God's done in my life, brother, every, you'd understand what that scripture said, which were some of you. So John, God was talking to me right there. I'm so thankful I got a forgiving God, a loving God, a God that even when my wife don't understand me, Sister Melinda, I can just talk to Jesus. I tell people all the time, he travels easy. Huh? He just wants you to start a conversation with him, Sister Edith. It can be two o'clock in the morning. You'll be all by yourself and God is right there. And if you serve long, God long enough, Brother Allen, you'll find spots in your walk that it just feels like you're all alone. But God's right there. He's right there. Hey, Amen. I'm moving on now. I'm looking at honey and seeing where we're at. But anyway, I want you to think about this real quickly. Second Peter 2 and 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. In Jude 6, he backed it up with this one. He said, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting change under the darkness unto the judgment of the great day. See, Brother Danny, he didn't die for those angels. Those, those, they're settled. They're reserved until that judgment day. But by the grace of God, Brother Tim, we had a Savior. We had somebody that said, Hey, he said he looked for a man. He couldn't find no man. So he brought salvation out of his own arm. Good God, what a God. He didn't need to be saved. Sister Chelsea, I needed to be saved. But he said, look here. I'm going to just do this thing myself. I'm going to put some flesh on. And I'm going to walk down. Aren't you glad, aren't you glad that, that you serve a God that walked the same steps that you walked? The Bible said he was tempted in all points like we are yet. Somebody finish it. Without sin. And aren't you glad if you do fall and you scrape your knee, you just got to ask for forgiveness and go on. Because what it's all about, church, is making it to heaven. I know I've said that about a dozen times, but it's that important. Because see, the angels, they left their first estate, Brother Jerry. For whatever reason, maybe they had pride. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Revelation, a third part of the angel, just they fell out. Satan took a third part of the angel and took them on down with him. Sister Mary, they have no, no hope for tomorrow. But aren't you glad that God made a way? While we was yet sinners, God made a way. I thought about how that how that in 94, when they were started talking about starting to work there in Chiefland, Sherry and I, had, we've been married since 88. I won't tell you about the year and a half that we lived together. I wouldn't dare tell you that. But we never even talked about while we was dating with Alan about serving God. We never did. Never even crossed my mind. I do remember, can I, I just kind of just float here for just a second. I do remember being at work and my mama telling me, if you loved that woman, you, you'd marry her, you'd quit living in sin. And oh, by the way, son, you keep living like that, you're going to you know where. But she didn't say, she didn't say you know where, she said the word. But I'm in church, I won't say the word, but what I'm trying to tell you is, church, 
<laughs> I was on my way. On my way. But this man that I used to come to church with over here, where this little boy used to bring me over here, called me one day. I, can, I don't remember the day. I don't remember the time. I don't remember what pair of shoes I was wearing, but I remember where I was standing at at Winn-Dixon, the seafood department, that phone rang. And this man said, hey, we're starting a church. How about you and your wife being a part of it? And oh, by the way, could you sign on the bottom line of this loan? I thought, I thought he must have me confused because I'm poor as Job's turkey. I don't know, but, but yeah, man, yeah. I'll, see, my, my cousin has helped found that church. She got more money than a, you could burn a wet mule with. But, but for some reason, Brother Rayleigh, they asked me. And I was like old Paul told King Agrippa, I was not disobedient concerning that heavenly vision. I'm so thankful, Brother Boyd, that he picked that phone up and he called me. Oh, I think about a lot of times, Brother Orlando, where I would be had that man not picked up that phone and called me and said, hey, how about you and your family joining up with us? So what I'm trying to say is, church, don't give up on those folks you've been praying for. Well, those folks that when they, you talk to them, they look at you like you're crazy. Just keep praying. Keep believing, because somebody prayed for me and my wife and my two daughters. I told Sharon, we was laying in bed one Sunday morning and some folks had, had um, come and picked up our children. And I told Sharon, I don't know where it come from, I told Sharon, I said, we some kind of sorry parents that somebody comes by and picks up our kids and take them to church. I don't know where that come from, brother boy. But it wasn't long, brother Earl had called and said, hey, we starting a church. I'm ever indebted to that man, Brother Boyd, that he heard the voice of God and reached out. Church, you don't ever, if Pastor Huggins always said, if God's working on your end, God's working on the other end, Brother Wayne. If God's stirring your heart to go talk to somebody, invite them to church, can I encourage you to, to reach out? Because you never know when, Sister Debbie, that window may close. Or the window of opportunity may close. I told you just a little bit a while ago, Sister Mary, about those boys sitting in church. You can't go to Mount Zion and Chiefland tonight and find them in church. They don't go to church there no more. What a sad thing, Brother Darrell. See, the preaching of the cross didn't work for them. But I was one of those old boys that just needed somebody, Brother Kevin, just to reach out and say, hey, we're starting to work. Could you just, would you like to be a part of it? Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've just thought, thank God for that man calling me and, and saying I'm so thankful and I'm trying to hurry this thing up and, and in, in Acts 10, 1 through 6, I want to talk to you real quickly about a man named Cornelius. I know you all know about Cornelius. In verse 2 it says, and a devout man and one that feared God with all his house and gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. The Bible said he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day and the angel of God coming in into him and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God and now send men to Joppa and call for Peter, one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. And this is probably the best part to me. He said, he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Brother Danny, he didn't say he's going to tell you what you have to do, what you got to do. Say it's your choice. It's your choice. You can say, you know, I'm so thankful for you dying on that cross for my sins and I want to be a part of it. Or you can do like I've seen people do. People be passing out tracks and they be walking by and they say, Don't know one. 
God, he said, I stand at the door and I knock. I just need somebody to soak with me because I don't want to soak with you. I'm just knocking. They don't understand, Brother Boyd. That may be their last opportunity. See, Cornelius, you, most of us would have said, man, my prayers are going up before God and they've come before memorial. You like the fact that I've helped the poor? I'll just sit right here and, well, and I'll just, something inside of Cornelius, Brother Allen said, you got to have more, son. Aren't you glad you got a God that says you need just a little bit more? You just need a little bit more. That you're hungry when you see somebody and you invite them to church. And the devil says, don't invite them because they're not going to come. But it ain't your job to make them come. Brother Peyton, it's just our job to invite them to come. And why wouldn't you want them to come? Don't you like what you feel when you come to the house of God? Don't you like it when God's spirit's moving and you get them Holy Ghost goosebumps are running all over you? Make you want to get up and run around and shout? Cornelius said, and I'm going to cut to the chase, and he said in verse 24, he said, on the morrow after they entered, talking about Peter and the, uh, the Jews that had come over with him and the three men that Cornelius sent, and it said, and Cornelius waited for them, and he had called together his kinsmen and near friends. Can I tell you, church, that's what it's all about, Sister Jen. When you get excited about it, so I often wondered about how that we buy a new car, and Brother Jerry, we want everybody to see our new car. We have a new grandbaby, and we show everybody our picture. How many times do we tell somebody about what happened in the church? So-and-so got the Holy Ghost or so-and-so got a healing or so-and-so gave their life to God. See, the devil would tell you the world don't want to know that, but I would tell you just the opposite. We got a hurt and dying world outside church if you ain't noticed that. But if we don't take this light that's on the inside to the outside, amen? The Bible said in verse 33, it says, immediately, therefore, uh, Cornelius is talking to Peter, said, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come now, therefore. And we are all here gathered, present before God, to hear all the things that are commanded thee of God. He said, immediately. I so wish, Brother Wayne, that those men that we talked to and they was crying in their hands, God was dealing with their heart. So sure, I wish immediately they would. Can I tell you, there's never like an opportunity except when God's a dealing with your heart. Right then. Because the devil knows if he can just push you back just a little bit. Push you back just a little bit. Brother Rayleigh, that's, it'll just die off just a little bit. My daddy, when the church got started, was 60, 61, 62 years old. A bunch of things happened to daddy. God healed daddy of a lot of things. Statistically, they say, Brother Chris, that the older you get, it's the harder to come to God. Because you about figured out you made it this long without God. What do you need him for? Well, Brother Everett, I'm so thankful that God dealt with my dad's heart and humbled him and and God accepted Jesus. And God just transformed a man that when I was a young and would think of excuses to put mom in the truck and ride her through the hunting woods just to keep her from going to the house of God. But when they started that little church in chief, and see what I'm, I'm trying to say this, Sister Chelsea, you never know what God's doing. We got to be like Cornelius and immediately invite people. In closing, what I really wanted to tell you about from all that is in this. In Revelations 21, I don't, I, I really want to just say this. Now, I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up. I don't know how many people, just for 
a few days I've been asking folks at work about what they knew about heaven. Because, you know, everybody's saved and everybody's going to heaven. If you want to have some fun, I mean, if you just like to have fun, <laughs> ask somebody that says they're a Christian what heaven's all about. They'll look at you like you're crazy. Because, you know, most folks ain't never read the book of Revelations. That just scares them to death. But, you know, do you understand that the book of Revelation, chapter 21, that's about where we're going. I don't know how many people um, have 401k plans and 457s and retirements and all that. I've been working a long time. I've been working since I was 16. I'm ready to retire. I'm just waiting to get that money just right. So Jane and I'm out the door. My money's a long ways behind, but, but I still look at that statement. You know what I'm saying, Brother Mike? I still look at that statement. I wonder how many people ever go to Revelations and, and they read about what's prepared for those that love him. The Bible said that the eye has not seen, the ears not heard, neither has entered the heart the man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But he said, the next scripture said, but it has been revealed unto them by his spirit. How many times have you ever just meditated about how great it's going to be in heaven? See, the next time the devil comes and aggravates you and just messes with you, just kind of separate yourself for a little bit and think about this thing, this place called heaven. Because church, we're just like Abraham. We're just seeking that city whose builder and maker is God. We're just passing through this thing. Brother Boyd said, don't put your stakes down too far. I've never heard that, but I agree with that. Because if you ain't got it very deep, if God asks you to let it go, Brother Kevin, it don't hurt nearly as bad. Because the question is, Jesus said, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? In verse 3 of 21, it says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Brother Chris Shaw, come on. Think about that, church. No more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow. So I don't think, Brother Boyd, my chief on education can wrap around that. I can understand that concept of that other place because I've been around fires. It's hot and makes you, I got that, Sister Jen. But that spot where there's been no sorrow, no pain, no tears, no suffering, no need for any of that, Sister Susan, but I want to be there. More than anything, Brother Bobby, I want to make it to heaven. And verse 27 of the same chapter says, And there shall in no wise enter into anything that is defiled, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. I want to tell you this in closing. There was a, a man and a guide and it was in a, in a desert place and the man told the guide he said look here he said I don't see no tracks I don't see no automobile tires I don't see how anybody's made any headway through this desert you ain't even gave me a map man so how are we getting out of here the guide looked at him and he said I'm your map you just need to follow me. I'm your map. Can I get you to stand? 
we just close our eyes for just a minute and raise our hands? we make an altar around this front would you come thank you brother Williams for centering us on the most important thing in this world and that is where we will spend eternity thank you Jesus thank you Jesus This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.